Hey friend, welcome to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the big Bible word, sin. And while that word is not necessarily a word that brings positive feelings or is a pleasant word, it's a terribly important word for us to understand and really understand from a biblical perspective. It'll help us understand our, our own humanness. It'll help us understand what's wrong with the world. We can't really understand the story of the Bible without understanding sin and what that means. And so this is a really, really important word for us to explore. And so we'll be looking at that in this episode. But before we jump into that subject, just a couple things I wanted to draw your attention to. First is, is there someone in your life, could you think of someone right now who would really benefit from and enjoy or appreciate this Bible teaching podcast, this kind of Bible teaching? If so, would you just, right now, send them a text, uh, hey, you should check out this podcast, or uh, maybe shoot them a quick email, or whatever. Just if, Would you let them know about the Bible and Life podcast and share this podcast? That's one of the best ways to spread the word so that more people can find this podcast. And second, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you who support this show and to support the whole Bible teaching ministry that I'm doing online through my Patreon page or through the donate button on my website. Your support uh, has made this possible, so thank you for being so generous. And as we come to the end of this year, I want to invite all of you who are part of the Bible and Life family just to consider uh, maybe supporting the show in some way, even with just a one-time special gift. Your generosity really does make this possible. I couldn't do it without you. So I'll put the links to my Patreon page as well as to the donate button through World Family Mission on my website down in the notes below. And would you just prayerfully consider making a gift as we come to the end of this year uh, to support this Bible teaching ministry so that it can continue to grow, continue to expand, and reach more people with the good news about Jesus. All right, let's jump into the topic for today. We have been in this series that we've been calling Big Bible Words, and as I said at the beginning, we are going to talk about the Big Bible Word, sin, today, and that is an incredibly important word to understanding our own humanness, to understanding what's wrong with the world, to understanding the story of the Bible. We need to understand this word, and we need to understand it in a way that really is rooted deeply into the text of scripture and to the worldview of the, the Bible. So that's what I want to do in this episode. And I want to begin by just a simple little story. I, I think I honestly remember my first known sin. I'm sure I sinned before this, but this is the first time I knew I did something wrong. I was six years old and we, my mom was at the grocery store. All the kids were with her and I had wandered off through the store and I was, I kept making a loop through the produce section. Apparently, when I was six, I really loved grapes. So I kept making this loop through the produce section, and as I passed the grapes, I would grab a grape or two, and I would eat them. Make another loop, grab a grape or two, and eat it. Make another loop, grab a grape or two, and eat it. Well, somewhere around loop three or four, as I came by and ate uh, another grape, uh, an older woman, who probably had been watching me do this, decided it was time to, to stop this. And so she said, son, are those your grapes? Boom, caught I was. And I ran off to find my mom somewhere else in the store, embarrassed and ashamed because I knew those weren't my grapes. And I knew I shouldn't have been eating those grapes. I knew what I was doing was wrong. That's my first recollection of knowing that I had sinned, knowing that I had done wrong. 
Now, it really raises, though, an important question. Isn't that just arbitrary? I mean, it's just a few grapes in a grocery store. I was a little kid. It's not that big of a deal. You know, and who really defines these rules any, anyhow? Who really sets the rules for what's right or wrong? Isn't, isn't that arbitrary? And I think in a lot of ways, we have that feeling about sin in general, particularly if we're outside of the Bible, outside of the church. We're not familiar, you know, with all that. We didn't grow up with some of these rules. Or even sometimes in the church, we kind of bristle at some of that. And it's like, well, you know, those are just arbitrary religious rules. Is that what sin is? Is sin just arbitrary religious rules that some religious organization decided these were right, these were wrong, so you better get in line and you better not sin? And it's arbitrary religious rules. I think sometimes we have viewed sin that way. And what I want to show us in this episode is that it's far more um, organic than that. It's far deeper than that. And in some ways, it's far more destructive than we probably have even realized. So what is sin? Listen to this passage from Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Don't want to really go into all the details of this whole text, but I want us to hear how it describes sin. In this section, this paragraph in Romans, Paul kind of describes the story of the world very much in brief to contrast the beginnings of sin and how Jesus solved that problem. And in doing so, he says this, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he writes, Therefore, just as through one man, thinking back to the very beginning of the Bible story, thinking back to the story of Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden, right, and the forbidden fruit and all of that. So he's thinking back to that bit of how the story began. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now, here's what I want you to pay attention to in this text for our purposes on this episode is the phrase, sin entered the world. Just notice that phrase, sin entered the world. That doesn't sound like just breaking the rules entered the world, right? That doesn't sound like we're just talking about some sort of arbitrary breaking of rules. It sounds more like a disease that kind of broke into the world, entered into the world, or some sort of sinister poison or toxin or curse or something kind of the door was open and now this poison this toxin this sinister something entered into the world and notice what it brought it brought death it brought decay and devastation and destruction and death into the world right and so somehow sin is something more than just arbitrarily breaking the rules it's it's something bad, something destructive entered into this world and ruined something beautiful and good. That's the way sin is pictured here in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. And that very much is the way the Bible understands it, that sin is something poisonous, something devastating, something destruction that has been unleashed into this world. Now, let's just define the word not that that's the best way to understand it, because you know words take meaning in context, but it does help us, I think, understand what's going on here. The basic idea of the word sin is miss the mark, to miss the mark, right? It's an, originally an old archery term where an archer would you know, put his arrow on the bow and pull back the drawstring, let the arrow go, and he would miss the target. 
um, whatever the target was, if he's shooting at actual targets or if he's hunting an animal, he missed the mark. He missed whatever he was supposed to be aiming at. He missed the target. That's really important for us understanding this particular word because it's become, I don't know, almost encrusted with so much religious thought. It's primarily a religious word. We don't hear it almost anywhere except in religious context. So it's become encrusted with kind of religious pictures, religious organizations, churches, and church authority and control and all of that. But getting back to the basic idea, I think, gets rid of some of that that hard and crusty religious shell and helps us understand what we're talking about. Missing the target. Well, what does that mean in terms of then human beings, when that word then is applied in a more metaphorical sense outside of its original literal sense for behavior of human beings to miss the target. Well, the idea is missing what we were designed for. Like, here is the purpose, the goal, the target that we were designed for, and somehow we miss that. That's really what Paul is getting at, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, when he says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That The glory of God is the target we were designed for, we were made for, the, the glory of God's own beauty and character, right? The, the glory of who he is and the glory of who we're meant to be in him as those who are made in his image, that there was a certain target, certain design that Paul just uses that phrase, glory of God, and we missed it. We fell short of that. Um, and that is that is what sin fundamentally is. I, I asked uh, on my social media, you know, what do people think of when they think of the word sin? And uh, one person used the word marred, that sin is marring uh, humanity and what it's made for. And that that word just really, I think, is such a rich, powerful word that sin is not like breaking some sort of arbitrary rule. Uh, it is marring our very design, defacing and uh, dehumanizing and ruining something good and beautiful and glorious. We're, we're, we're falling short of who we're supposed to be and what we were designed for. We missed our very fundamental design, and we have been marred, ruined. Now, there is another word that shows up a lot for sin in the Bible. It actually shows up in this Romans 5 passage that uh, we are looking at, and or at least basing this podcast off of, and it's the word trespass, or sometimes translated transgression. Trespass, transgression, that word. And that word does have more to do with crossing a boundary, stepping out of bounds. I think of uh, the world of sports, right? And, uh, you know, you, you step out of bounds or you, you know, you're playing football and, you know, yellow flag on the field. Now there's a penalty. You've broken a rule. You've, so there is that sense to sin. But that word trespass or transgression is trying to say, well, here's what happened. When, when uh, humans began to miss the mark and ruin God's good world and ruin themselves, um, God then enunciated what was going wrong, and that enunciation now is labeled trespass. God gave specific rules, specific standards that helped us understand what was going wrong, and the word that captures, uh, captures that is the word trespass. In fact, there in Romans chapter 5, 
notice he says that sin entered the world, and then he goes on and says, um, you know, for until the law came, sin was in the world, but it wasn't imputed where there is no law. In other words, it wasn't credited. We, we didn't know what the wrong was. We couldn't calculate exactly. We just knew there was something wrong, right? And nevertheless, he says, death reigned from Adam until Moses, from Adam until the law came. Um, even though they hadn't sinned in the likeness of Adam's offense, they hadn't broken necessarily a specific command. There hadn't been all those rules, but they still knew that something was wrong. And so sin was in the world, this alien invader, this poison toxin, this ruining was in the world, this missing of the design and the mark was in the world. But what the law did, what God's rules did, was enunciate, we know something is wrong, we don't know what it is, we don't know where the standards are, we've gotten confused. So the law, the law enunciated that. And so transgression describes crossing a boundary, stepping out of bounds. So there are rules. Right? There are rules. In fact, 1 John 3, 4 simply says this about sin. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So there's a sense in which sin is breaking some rules, right? Like it's going against God's law. Here's what's really important, however. And here's what I want to make sure you get. Those rules aren't arbitrary. So, Sin does have a breaking of rules element to it. It's, it's missing the mark. It's stepping out of bounds. But those rules aren't arbitrary. As one person on that social media thread said is that sin hinders the harmony. Here's the phrase, we were intended for. Like, it's not an arbitrary rule. It's something we were designed for, something we were intended for. And sin now is impeding that. It's getting in the way of that. It's marring that. It's ruining that. Sin it hinders the harmony we were intended for. And I think that's a good description. Um, that the rules that uh, God set down to help enunciate this wrongness that we felt in our bones, we know really exists, we see it in the news, we know it's there. What the rules God set down do is those rules reflect the way we were designed to function. And sin is a violation of the way we were designed to function. The way, uh, one of the ways I very commonly like to describe it is this idea, like imagine a car. You have a car, and a car is designed to operate or function a certain sort of way, right? And, you you know, you could go against that all you want, but you're going to ruin that car, right? So imagine you're like, oh, I just don't feel like I want to spend $3 for a gallon of gas. Gas is a clear liquid. Water is a clear liquid. I'm just going to pour some water in my gas tank. How is that going to work for that car? Well, that car is just not going to run so well, is it? Or, man, you know, look, this Hershey syrup is about the same color, about the same consistency of the oil that's in my, my car. I don't feel like going and buying some oil. I don't have time for that. I'll just put a little Hershey syrup in the crankcase. How is that going to work for that car? Right? It's not going to work so well. Why? Because that car is designed to function a certain sort of way. It's designed to run on gasoline and oil, not on water and Hershey's syrup. And when you use, go your own way and put in water and Hershey's syrup, you ruin the car. That's the way sin works. That's what sin is. It's going against the way we are designed to function. 
And so whatever rules there are, those rules aren't arbitrary. Those rules are inherent to who we are as human beings, to how we're designed to function. In fact, um, sin is a defacing, a ruining of our humanness. Holiness is actually embracing our humanness so that the more holy you are, the more human you are, and the less holy you are, the less human you are. I think we know that deep in our bones. I think we can see that when we see extreme examples of um, what we would call sinful or wrong behavior. We see how that just ruins people. That ruins humanity. That's like that's we will even speak of people as being almost animal-like, right? Like they're less human in those extreme examples. Well, it's true in all the minor examples as well. That sin ruins our humanness and holiness. Um, really embraces and causes our humanness to flourish. And so the more holy you are, the more human you are. The less holy you are, the less human you are. And that's why it's described as a falling short of the glory that God designed us for. When my kids were small and I was raising kids, right? I, I wanted to help my kids have this moral framework to understand right and wrong in this sort of way so that as they grew, they at least had this framework somewhere in their mind, even if they didn't fully understand it. So they were probably too young for the moral philosophy that I was passing on, but I was trying to get, get a framework in them. So imagine, say, a four or five-year-old Ashley or Jeffrey. Those are my two kids' names. So a four or five-year-old Ashley or Jeffrey who lies to me. Um, and so they, they I, for whatever reason, they decided to lie and they were caught in their lie. I knew they had lied. And so I caught them in that. And so I would have a conversation that went like this with my kids. It would be something like, um, Jeffrey, do you know why lying is wrong? No, daddy. Well, lying is wrong because um, of who God is and who you are. They wouldn't understand what I meant. So I would explain a little further. I would say, that God is truth, and you're made in God's image, so you're made to be truth. So when you lie, not only do you go against who God is and offend him and assault him, and that's bad enough, you also go against who you are and ruin yourself, and that's what makes lying wrong, and that's what makes truth-telling right, is who God is and who you are. And I was trying to help my kids have this moral philosophy as to why right is right and wrong is wrong. And that's not just kids' stuff. This is for all of us. What makes something wrong and what makes something right is who God is and who we are as human beings. That to, to lie is to go against the truthfulness of God and how we're designed to function as people that are made to be truth. So we assault God and we ruin ourselves. Or um, if it's a... Uh, you have a teenager, and this teenager has been caught sleeping with his or her boyfriend, and they should have known better. They were raised in a Christian home, and you don't want to just tell them, well, it's wrong because the Bible said so, because the Bible doesn't make anything wrong. The Bible just records the record of wrong. So why is it wrong? Well, it's wrong because God is pure and God is faithful, and you're made in God's image, so you're made to be pure and faithful. And so that's why that's designed for the covenant of marriage, right? Like, there's a standard here that is based on who God is, the character of God, and who you are as made in his image. And so you're made to reflect his image back into the world. And so sin is 
missing the mark. It's missing the very thing that we were designed for. It's going against our very humanness. And that's what makes it so wrong. It's putting water in the gas tank of our humanness. It's putting Hershey's syrup where the oil is supposed to go in our humanness. And it ruins us as well as offends and assaults God. That's what makes sin so awful and so devastating. Now, I didn't want to leave us on this kind of downer, sad, dark note, which is a lot of the words people use in that social media thread, death, darkness, right? Um, destruction, those kinds of words. I don't want to leave us there. So listen to Romans chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. For if by the transgression of the one person, thinking back to the beginning again, death reigned through the one, how much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one person, Jesus Christ. So then as through one transgression, there resulted uh, the condemnation to all men. Well, even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. And we'll talk about justification in next week's episode. But just hear that, that God had a plan in the grand story of the Bible to deal with sin and to rescue us from the ruination of sin and the condemnation and the death and the destruction of sin and, and the marring of sin. And he, he had a plan to bring life and justification to everybody who would receive it. That's the good news. And so sin ruins everything beautiful and good that is part of God's world, but God has a plan to rescue this world and to rescue you and me from the sin that has ruined us and this world. All right, there you have it, that sin. I think that's a really, really helpful and important uh, understanding of it so that we know that this is rooted in our humanity and we think clearly about how to teach this, whether we're parents or pastors, we think clearly about how to teach this to the people in our sphere of influence. Hey, thanks for joining me on this episode. I've got some free resources on my website that I'd love for you to check out. There's a how to study the Bible guide there on my, my website. There's a little three-part video series on how to read the Bible and pray. It's right underneath the resources tab on my website. I invite you to swing over to johnwhitaker.net, go to the resources tab and check those out any of those resources look really helpful to you. They're totally free. Love to give those to you if, if they look helpful to you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bible in Life. Uh, remember to share it with your friends. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we will talk again soon.